Welcome, everybody. We are Roots Revival Interfaith. This is our one-year anniversary service, and we're doing church bingo tonight to celebrate. We're giving away some fun prizes. Let's go ahead and get started with our first question. We have a question here from a Tamara. This is for all of us, so I'll just sort of pass the mic on, okay? Tamara wants to know, for all of you, what led you to your spirituality and your specific calling. Okay. I'll go first. And then Christina, I'm going to pass it on to you. Okay. All right. Great question. Thank you for that, Tamara. What led me to my spirituality and my specific calling? I would say that I always had intuitive intelligence that was fairly off the charts because family was identifying it. Teachers at school were identifying it. So other adults knew that I had something going on and Within my family system, they were identifying that it was mediumship or it was psychic ability. But within the school system, they were thinking that I had some kind of disorder maybe. And so I would get sent off to a lot of different doctors and constant misdiagnoses or they couldn't diagnose me. No one could really figure out what the heck was going on. And I was told that even though we were not supposed to talk about spirituality at school, because for a while I went to Catholic school, so I was told by my family to hide it and to deny it. But at home, we talked about mediumship all the time. We talked about spirits in our family and our ancestors all the time. And I'm Puerto Rican. I'm Taino Arawak. And on both sides of my family, whether they were white or they were Hispanic, it was just a common dialogue. And so I would say that that's when it really kicked in for me is around five, six years old, when I realized that other adults in mainstream society, that teachers and people in the Catholic system, that they weren't going to understand it. And I felt like I had to choose. Was I going to abandon who I really was? was and these great communications I was having with spirit and my psychic abilities that I knew were accurate. Was I going to abandon that and give in to that sort of, it felt like a brainwashing system to me where I was going to believe it was demonic or bad, or I was mentally ill. It was sort of like, was I going to sell myself out or was I going to cut them off from influencing me? And so that's sort of when I made that decision, I think around five, six years old to really start tuning out adults who didn't understand what I was. And I just kept feeding it my own. And so it grew. Yeah. And so that's what led me into psychic, mediumistic and empathic training through the school and ultimately the church. Christina, what about you? Yeah, I think that like I was always intuitive, but I didn't know what to call it. Like I just kind of knew I was right about certain things a lot. And I had a lot of feelings that came true. And my mom, when I was like a teenager, my mom would pull out astrology books and she had all of our charts printed out. She really didn't know what she was doing, but we would be like fascinated by the book. And like, you know, and I would, I would, steal the book and try to figure it out. And back then, you know, there was no computers or anything like that. So that was very limited. But I don't know, I was always very intrigued. And then years later, I I actually, you know, there was a couple of predictions like that, you know, like just things I knew, like I had gotten a fortune cookie, and I knew I had to play those numbers. And then I won like $60 on the numbers, like things like that, you know, and then like September 11th happened and I had dreamt about it two weeks beforehand. And the only person I told was my mom. So she knew when the planes hit. And then like I knew something was up and I just couldn't quite put my finger on how. So I went back to the astrology and, you know, because there was computers and things like that, I could learn more. And then I found Ivy and I explored mediumship and tarot and all these things and everything started to kind of come together. And I started to, I was thinking about this the other day, actually, I think Danny and I were talking about this. Um, 
I started studying hardcore astrology and you and I, like we kept in touch, but we really didn't talk too much. And then all of a sudden, like right at the right time, you called me and you're like, you need to do astrology for me for a fair. And I was like, yeah, what? You know, it was like the perfect timing. So I really, everything happens in its own timing. It's like perfect divine timing. So I feel like that's what happened with me. It's nice for my own children to have my training you know what I mean? Like to recognize it because I didn't have that as growing up. That would have been more beneficial to be able to recognize it. But that's how I got started. That's that's so wild too that your mom was into it. Like, you know, but still not fully understanding what it was. Yeah, like she was fascinated by it. You know, she would just look at it and she would look up, you know, you would look up your sun sign, you would look up your Mars sign, but you know, it didn't tell you a whole lot, you know. And people would be like, oh, that's just garbage. You know, that doesn't, it's just fake, you know. And I'd be like, no, it's not, you know. So it's interesting. Love it. Uh, Reverend Danny, what about you? So for me, I think similarly to the both of you, I have felt connected to spirit. Well, I should say when I was little, I kind of like had a sense that we weren't alone in this world, that humans the only entities in that existed in the world and that it was okay. That first recognition of knowing that we weren't alone, that humans weren't the only entities that were that inhabited the space, that was in New Orleans. That started when I was younger. And it's something that similarly to Reverend Ivy, it's not it's something that was spoken about and uh, very natural for us growing up. One of the things that I do appreciate about my mom was the fact that she trusted my gut. Like, and I would tell her something like, mom, something doesn't feel right. She actually listened to me and she, and that taught me to trust my intuition from an early age. And that was really affirming for me. My family from both sides, all of my dad's families from New Orleans, my mom's maternal family is from down there as well. And, um, visiting every so often like we moved back up here to buffalo when i was four and every few years we would travel back to new orleans and i just you know felt this ancestral connection down there and the thing is what's interesting is when i hit 24 23 24 i really kind of disconnected from source and intuition like i prayed i was you know went to church but this pull, this calling, I was kind of intentional about blocking it. And I think it overwhelmed me. It scared me a bit. In terms of my numerology chart, I do have numbers in my chart that are very much connected to, uh, as we all do, are connected to spiritual downloads. And I didn't know what to do with them at 23, 24. So I actually went to school, went to grad school. Ironically, one of my professors who helped me through the doctoral program he died a year after I finished the program. And it was actually him in spirit that nudged me to go and study with Ivy. I actually was um, a guinea pig in I, one of Ivy's tarot courses. It's because I, I think I was sharing this with Christine the other day as well, where one of Ivy's previous students invited me to be a guinea pig. And I said, sure, I get you know, readings for a, a good price. That sounds great. And I just, one of the things I remembered about Ivy is the fact that she was good with centering the students and the instructors and she stayed in the back and that just kind of struck me. And I didn't want to stare at her, but it was like, okay, something's different about her. It's like, she didn't even want the spotlight and spirit just said something, you know, so it's interesting how spirit allows for us to file something away when we need it. And I remember this one particular day, this is the exact moment that I knew it was time to come and study with Ivy. And it was this one particular day, 
this professor who I love dearly on, and ironically, it's his bookshelves that are behind me. Um, his wife was kind enough to gift me them when she left town. Um, I remember this one particular day he nudged me and he said, okay, contact my wife because his wife and I became good friends after he passed. And he nudged me, he said, contact, <laughs> call her, text her right now. Go ahead. Where's your phone? Do it right now. And I did. And I contacted her and she had moved out of state. So I thought that she was where she was out of state. And she said, Danny, I'm in Buffalo for two days and nobody knows I'm here. Like, let's meet for, for dinner. And we met and she said, did somebody tell you I was here? Because nobody knows. And I kind of said, your husband <laughs> kept telling me to contact you. But it was more so, and she she got it, she knew. And it was interesting because I had signed up, I think a month before classes started. And I remember Paul, God bless his heart, being really patient with me because I kept asking all these questions, making sure I was registered. And he was just like, just show up, you're good, just show up. And it was ever since, like with mediumship, it just has been a remembering, like every class all of the readings, it's just training with Ivy has brought me back to something that has always been there that I intentionally kind of blocked out. And then realizing that the numbers had started following me and Ivy, similarly to Reverend Christina, she said, okay, it's time for numerology. And, and it was just, and I'm so grateful because it truly is a language and it is a language that I have fallen in love with. And I just really appreciate the chance being able to teach it. So, and also part of my journey has been, and gratefully, Reverend Ivy has invited and made a space for my mom in the academy as one of her assistant teachers in spirit, because part of a huge part of my journey was my mom passing away and becoming an ancestor while I was training in mediumship. So she almost became like a my tutor in spirit as I'm learning about, uh, I was, was learning about mediumship. So that's how... I came to the. We, we brought you both on board, on board. Mm -hmm. at just the right time. That, that really is that incredible. Really is incredible. Um, um, goosebumps. goosebumps. Okay, love it. love it. Did we give all the bingo cards out, Paul? Are we ready to start bingo? Okay, very good. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get started. We've never done this before. I mean, we're truly, truly winging it. Okay, so we need like all the spirits to help us out with this. But we're going to go ahead and start the bingo. So I figured the best way to do this is so we can give away as many prizes as possible. Paul's going to call out numbers. And again, you guys figure out a way to mark them on your screen or mark them down on a piece of paper. And as soon as you get it, shout it out in the comment section. We're going to check it and move on to another one real quick. Okay. So Paul, you want to call it the first number? I, I do. I'm pretty excited. This is, this is very cool. Church bingo. Who doesn't love it? Okay. Oh, first one. Eight. What is it? Eight. Oh, okay. So it's not like B-I-N-G-O? Okay. So the first no, one is... No, no. We're going strip That's down. That's numerology bingo. All right. That's right. Yeah. Right, this right, <laughs> okay. Very good. So same question to you, Reverend Paul. So for me, it was it was tough. It was uh, a lot of off period. When I was a kid, I did like church, but I think that was more like it just was something different and like we all went together and it had this community feel. And then once that disappeared and church got very strict and I realized its limitations, especially for me, I was like, I kind of, I was set, you know, so I kind of backed away from everything for a long time. And then um, I was, I guess, 38, 39 years old. Uh, I left, I was, up, I was in, outside of Boston and I had to come to Buffalo to work. Uh, and I didn't like <laughs> leaving town really but this day I was like forced to leave like 
So I was just woke up and I'm like, I have to go. And I made it out here and timing perfectly met Ivy and she gave me a reading. So I was like, you know, I kind of, let's just say non-believer, but I, I was interested. You know, I took a lot of stock in things like dreams and uh, wasn't really against getting a psychic reading. I just didn't know how it would work. And I once had a friend who was like, you know, you wouldn't be good at it because you have to be open and like express yourself, you know, like let people inside, you know, they're going to know things and you have to admit them. So it's kind of like, I don't know, I blocked myself off. Now I got a reading with Ivy and it was probably like, I don't know, five minutes in and she mentioned my dad's wife, Marie, and like her ashes and everything. And I'm like, this is, it. I, all right, well, that door's open. You can't shut that. And so since then, I've been very open, very spiritual. It's like I reconnected with younger me in a good way. You know, this is like kind of my quest in general, anyhow. And then like you start to think about more things that were on your path that opened up and were really kind of opening the door for you without you realizing it and setting you up. Again, like my dad's wife, Marie, she was very into astrology, had books, crystals, and, you know, would always talk about horoscopes and stuff. Um, at the time of that, she was just kind of wacky, but, you know, it was really setting me up for that, you know, and, and my dad, who was the one who brought us to church all the time, would mention my horoscope and be like, oh, you're such a Gemini, you know, because he got into it too. So it was cool to see how his spirituality changed once he kind of got fed up with the rigmarole of church as well, you know, and like kind of could open up. So I think, you know, having gone through it, having liked part of it and then having it taken away from me and then building it back up was on my own or, or like just in a more natural way was really what we needed, what I needed, I guess. Um, was it more to that question? <laughs> what was that? Am I echoing like crazy? Uh, amen to that. I think that's amazing. I think it's, it's really interesting that like, all three of us, all four of us had influence from our parents, but not in like any traditional way or any huge way even. It was just enough that it made it okay for us. We had that adult to watch. That's so fascinating. Okay. Well, so you want to call out another number? Here we go. Back to bingo. Paul, what's next? Six. Okay, six. Mark your cards. All right, can you pop up the next question for us? And then we're going to have you call another number. What's the next number? 22. All right, so we have a question here from Bethany Renner. Okay, and again, this is for all of us. How do all four of you know one another? I'll go first, then you guys just add whatever you want to this. How do we know one another? We know each other. Let's see, Christina. So Reverend Christina and I, she came in for a psychic mediumship class like 10 years ago. And... I just remember watching her. I remember like, I couldn't even tell you who else was in that group. It was a fairly large group, maybe like somewhere between like 12 and 15 people. But I don't remember anybody else from that group. I just remember her sitting across from me in this red chair that I had back then. It was in my living room and it had birds on it. It had birds that, where the door was open to the cages and these birds were coming out of the cage. And every now and again, spirit would be like, have me focus on Christina. And I would have all these visions about things that were going to be happening for her over the next like, you know, 10, 15, 20 years. And that led me to believe that like we had a long-term relationship together and we were going to be working together. And like she said earlier at that time, she wasn't necessarily doing a ton with astrology. Uh, but I would also see different situations like in her life where she would, she was like that bird coming out of this cage and going forward. And 
Um, a lot of those things have happened within the last two years. It's been interesting times. So we've been friends ever since. Uh, but I, I want to say we started really working together. She got into the psychic fair, this sort of circuit, I would say maybe like within a year of that. Reverend Danny, um, like she said earlier, she came in as a guinea pig looking for some, whether they were like super cheap reads or they were free reads uh, with the students who were, were in my tarot class. Okay, which interestingly enough, had originally been taught by Christina also at the academy. So I don't know if we were all even together then, but that was probably more like what, seven, eight years ago, maybe? That was 2015. Okay. 2016. Okay. So yeah, like, uh, you know, six, seven years ago. So, so then, so Reverend Danny was there and then she went off to go live her life and do whatever and came back several years later uh, to train. And then uh, Reverend Paul and I, it was Tinder. So <laughs> what do you guys want to add to this? I'm thinking, remember, I had just recently had the dreams about the birds. Yes. Like, yes. Oh didn't even God. connect to that. And that's I had crazy. the same dream on the same night. Oh, that's so weird. That's though. Right. I didn't even about the birds. I didn't either. Yeah. I completely forgot about that. Oh, that's so interesting. These things, they just come around like that. Like that makes total sense now. You know what I mean? It was almost like it came full, full circle. Um, And yeah, I, I actually like, I think I went to a psychic fair, but I didn't get a reading. I just kind of walked around the Eastern Hills mall and you were there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I went online and I was like looking at the pictures and I clicked on Ivy's to see what she was all about. And I saw that she did classes. So then I just attended one of her classes. It was like life changing. But if I, I always think if I would have never went online just to see who was in that psychic fair, you know what I mean? Like, it's just crazy. That is wild. And before we move on to um, Danny and Paul, you want to pull another number? Okay. Four. So I will quickly recap. <laughs> Four, six, eight, and 22. Okay. Pull one more. 19. Did you say 19? I sure did. One nine. All right. All right. Reverend Danny, Reverend Paul, how did, how did we all meet? So the... Having met you, but not fully, not like not a full introduction at your um, at the tarot class uh, several years ago, familiar with you. And actually, I think I may have had a reading with you back then as well. But in terms of meeting you and getting to know you, that was definitely in 2019, summer 2019, where I met you and Paul and really had the chance to get to know you and just um, the can. Uh, realizing and understanding the um how what, what the word to use meant meeting you has been and how uh it's in the it's in our contract for sure and realizing all of the ways that we are connected and have been connected in previous lives as well and so that has been super just uh a treat. And with Reverend Christina, so it's interesting, I had been hearing about Reverend Christina throughout all of uh, Ivy's mediumship courses. There was uh, another course that I had taken and somebody had said, you know, you've got to contact Christina. You have to contact Christina for an astrology reading. Like she's phenomenal. And then some, and someone had said, it'll be months before you'd be able to get in to, to see, to hear her, to hear back from her. She's so booked up. And she probably was, but God bless her heart. She contacted me the next day after I contacted her and I had my first astrology reading with her and just, I mean, was blown away and um, have 
we have this Leo sisterhood that I really treasure. And she has been pouring into me and dropping gems <laughs> most recently about a lot of things. And so that's how I've had the chance to get to know all of you. And Paul has just been, you know, the patient, kind soul <laughs> with all of my gajillions of questions with everything. So that's, um, that's how I've had the chance to get to know all of you. Love it. Paul, you want to pull another number and then you can answer? 16. 16, one six. All right. Reverend Paul. Hello. As you had said, you and I met on Tinder. Uh, and that opened the door for me to meet um, Christina and Danny. I remember when I met Christina, I was, it was her, she was teaching an astrology class. And I remember leaving Office Depot with a new notebook. Because I was excited. It was a black notebook with a red spiral on it to take this class. And uh, yeah, so I met Christina then, and like a couple months later, last maybe, um, she gave me a chat. Uh, I remember that, and it was very cool. Christina was talking about that with Ivy like two nights ago. She had mentioned uh, why well, do record reviews, and you had mentioned Neptunian careers and stuff. And uh, the, the album I got last week was called Grand Trine. And it had 12 tracks, and so I went in this whole thing, like, oh, 12 zodiac signs, 12 houses, and we did this whole review about it, and they were like, well, thank you so much. This is really great. And so thank you for that, Christina. <laughs> uh, so that's how I know Christina. And then Danny, as she had mentioned, uh, came in for class. I didn't know her when she had volunteered before. Uh, but it, uh, I had just finished level one, and she was starting level one. And so I was kind of sitting in and helping. And I remember uh, the first day when she gave a reading, I was like, hot damn. And uh, I don't know if it was then or slightly before. I think it might have been around that time. I had a dream with <laughs> that uh, I told Ivy, I was like, um, this black girl is going to come in and she's going to be like, I don't remember the specifics behind it, but I was like, we're going to keep our eye on like, this is going to be phenomenal. <laughs> and, and then, I, I remember this. <laughs> so Paul was new to the academy, the last one to come in, and he had a premonition dream about Danny. Danny, we told you about this, um, where you would come in as like maybe a volunteer or you would come in for some kind of a psychic fair and then you would end up becoming a teacher and this whole big thing. And I was like, Paul's on fire. Danny's on fire. It was nuts. All of that. Yeah. Within a matter of months. I do happened. remember that. And I remember Paul telling me that too. And I was just like blown away and so grateful and um it's just been incredible it really it is it, it, like we're, we're just all so connected so i really think that like the way that i saw the church happening and we're talking 10 plus years ago i knew it was coming but spirit just kept telling me you gotta you gotta wait for the right people and i feel like with all of us like you know christina and astrology would talk like south node connection is past life connection north node connection is future connection we just have all these synchronicities in our charts our stars our numbers our contracts with each other and it's nice to have that too because it's nice to be in relationships where you know it's going to continue to grow and I think that helps a lot. You know, we're all so focused on our growth. So that was a fun question. Thank you. Let's pull another number. What do we have, Reverend Paul? What's next? Nine. We don't have a winner on this yet. Nine. Okay, let's pull another one. I would normally have all my doppers out, my ponies and trolls. Quite a rush. Yeah, I can feel it coming. Yeah, we got some people that are close. I'm playing all your cards for you, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like Rain Man, apparently. 
<laughs> All right, let's pull another one and then we'll go to, on to another question. Okay, next number, three. All right, three, and what's our next question? And again, if you're tuning in late, this is our thank you one year anniversary for Roots Revival Interfaith Show. Uh, so Chicken Mama says, okay, I have a question for each of you. All right, I love how you guys are doing this. We just sort of go around. Um, what is the one question you dislike being asked in regards to a reading as a reader? Okay, so we can all think on that for a minute. What's a question that you don't like being asked as a reader? All right. And Reverend Paul, you want to pull another number before we start going around on this? Next number is? 21. 21, two, one. All right, so I'll go ahead and go first. One of the things I I don't like, or I'll just ramble off a couple maybe, I don't like when people are in a potentially dangerous pregnancy and they want me to tell them whether or not their child is going to be okay or if they're going to have a miscarriage. Like that to me is really anxiety inducing um, because for obvious reasons, but also parents put too much pressure. I have a class I'm going to be doing called Parenting and Spirituality coming up here soon. I'm going to do it as a series. And that's one of the things is that parents put way too much pressure on themselves to, that it's it's their job to get pregnant and that it's their health conditions if it's not working and that if there's a miscarriage, you know, that it's their fault. And I think what people don't understand enough is that it's up to the child to decide. You set your own life contract. You chose your parents before you came to earth. You chose exactly when and how you were going to come to earth. And at any point you could back out of that and then just like reincarnate and do it over again when you're more comfortable. And there are a million factors that dictate how that child's decision with their free will might go. And often it doesn't have a ton to do with the parents. Um, and I did the same. We all do the same. And people take it as such a devastating loss if it doesn't work out because they don't really understand reincarnation and how typically a child that signs on to you, if there is a miscarriage or something, they will typically just come back through as the next child or even like two in a row or like the second one down, you know, or as a grandchild. And so there's sort of this finite idea on how it is. And it causes me a lot of stress. The other question I don't like is when someone knows darn well that they're doing something toxic, like staying with an abusive partner, and they refuse to leave because they're living in a fantasy. And I don't even want to take money for it. You know, I try to set them straight, but I don't like when people come back repeatedly asking if they can continue with a toxic behavior in their life. Sometimes I have to cut the cord on that and, and say, I'm not discussing this anymore. I will not enable. What about you guys? We get a bingo. Oh, we do. Yeah, Hunter. Hunter. Okay. So Congratulations. Hunter, Hunter, you win. Uh, free readings, two free readings at this month's walk-in night virtual psychic fair. It's Saturday the 29th. I have your email address. I'll email you all the details. Congratulations, Hunter. And keep your card active because you could win win more. Okay. So do you want to pull another number then? So what are we what are we doing now? We're starting over and wiping that out. No, I think we could just continue because some people are probably on the on the border of winning something else. Okay. Uh, so why don't you call another number and then we're going to get on to Reverend Christina. Okay. Two. Two. All right. Christina, what were you saying? Um, I don't like it when people say, well, I have children or anything that has to do with death. 
Because, yeah, I mean, you know, anybody can have children, <laughs> but there's personal choices that go into that too. So if it's more specific, like they're having trouble having children, that's a different story. Then we can look at that. But it's just very general. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm, I need to look at more specific things and you really can't predict death in a chart. You might see hints about it and things like that, but the soul usually decides when it's going to leave the body. And I really don't want to predict anybody's death anyway. So <laughs> like what a way to suck the fun right out of it. You know, it, it's just, yeah. Death questions are not hot, not, not fun. I see we have another bingo. Who's that Kate? Kate S one bingo. She wins a 15 minute call center reading with either me, Christina or Danny. So your choice, I'll send you your email i'll send you whatever you would need to get that done and a little coupon and there you go enjoy thank you so much yay all right congratulations kate s you want to pull another number five five all right reverend danny what about you what do you not like um so the question that really hurts my heart when people that people ask is why an ancestor or why someone who has crossed over who's passed away might visit a family member but not them and they internalize it as oh this loved one must not want to visit me and they just might not want to connect with me and they take it personally and feel as though the ancestor is ignoring them or doesn't want to connect with them and so immediately just kind of explain how and why an an a specific ancestor might not be as present, might be more present with a family member than, than they themselves, that um, ancestors are only in spirits are only allowed to connect with us when they are going to be of healing. And even when we love them and they love us dearly, if their presence is going to cause us more grief and harm and pain, even though we love them dearly, they're going to wait until they know that we can handle their presence close to us and with us. So it ends up being an opportunity we're able to explain the why behind it, um, especially, and I completely understand this as well, because um, when a parent passes, that parent, because that the grief of losing a parent can be really hard, that parent might not come as close immediately because they know what we're going through. And um, I live that myself. And it, it's interesting because I remember uh, Ivy speaking with you and mommy was so present with you. And she said, she's here. She loves you. She's just giving you a little time so that you can heal before she makes her presence more known. So that question hurts my heart, especially when I see the look in someone's eye when they're asking it because they're taking it as my loved one doesn't want to see me or they have forgotten about me or abandoned me or something like that. So true. And I think so many of us have been in that situation, especially if you've ever gone to like a gallery reading, you know, and like your cousin who's next to you or whatever keeps getting all the reads from your loved ones you want to hear from and you may get nothing, you know, but yeah, it's exactly that. It's about that law of the light and whether or not they can handle it. Can't be negative for you. You have to be ready for it. So there are a lot of dynamics there that are just really misunderstood. That's, that's a good one. Reverend Paul, do we want to pull another number before you answer this? All right. Next number is 13, 13, one, three, lucky 13. Well, it's, I think very similar to what Danny said. It's that whole, they didn't come see me. They didn't do this, or it's not the message they wanted. Um, but also what I see a lot that, you know, cause you, you, you don't really know until you get in there, but, but the thing I, I, just as a reader I'm not into is uh, what you said, Ivy, is the people that come back with the same question every time. 
you know, like someone books a reading and you're like, oh, I know what this is going to be about. And it's the same advice you gave him four months ago. And you're like, well, you're still not doing it. You know, it's the same question. It's the same question. And it's like, what's the point of, of doing this if you're not, if you don't want it, you know, because you're not getting this easy. Um, oh, he's coming back to you or she's coming back to you answer, you know, and it's like, and that's, that's what I, I don't like the most is just people not taking spirit, their ancestors advice, whoever comes in and tells them, they just throw it away. And it's, it's equal to, you know, what Danny was saying, where they're kind of upset that uh, this person didn't come through and like someone else's message, you know, if this great uncle Jack that they never met came in with the best advice ever, but it wasn't grandpa. You know, and so they're like, I don't recall him, so I'm not going to listen. And it's it's a very similar, similar approach. I guess it's just the whole kind of dismissal of of the message that that I'm not into, be it repeatedly or in the moment. In the moment, really, you know, those ones kind of sting too, because it's you know, when after you deliver it, and you're like, holy cow, that was awesome, and the person's like, meh, and you're like, what? <laughs> like, like, because you sit there and it goes through you, and you know how vivid and, and amazing that that person was like this is huge. And then they're like, well, I'd rather 30 bucks. Where's the, where's the grandpa's 30 bucks, you know? And yeah, for sure. Nice. Like rejecting spirit. I think it's funny too, because like Reverend Paul, for example, has a bird's eye view because he handles the technology <laughs> behind the Ivy league. So we know if you're getting a reading with Danny, a reading with Christina, a reading with Paul, a reading with me, a reading at walk in night, a reading at the call center, a reading, a reading, a reading, we'll see, you know, these like same people get like 50 different readings at once, hoping one of us will screw up and say the wrong thing. Tell them what they want to hear. And it doesn't work that way. It's kind of entertaining, but not the way to handle spirit. And then, you know, these tend to be the same people that are like, well, my guides hate me, you know, or my loved ones, you know, don't want to have anything to do with me. We, we have to take responsibility and accountability for ourselves or else they're enabling and they can't do that. So interesting. Great question. Thank you, chicken mama. That one was fun too. Tracy says bingo. I see the first one, the next one in mind here was or in line was Tracy. So I'm just going to double check here with the numbers. I ran a couple behind answering that question. So I'm going to go down the line of the bingos and, and announce when we get the next one. But currently on the hook is Tracy. So congratulations. Second. Okay. Very good. And what did she, what did she win? Uh, this is a 15 minute reading with you, Ivy. Okay, so Tracy, I will see you for a 15-minute reading where I will talk to you on the phone is probably more likely. Wonderful, very exciting. And we have another question. Andrea M. wants to know, do you all have animals and do you communicate with them? Okay. Are we ready for another number? Do you want me to go get started with this question? Okay, so I'll go first. Uh, do you all have animals? Do you communicate with them? I do. I currently have two cats and many spiders in this old funeral home that I just bought. So um, yes, I have two cats and I communicate with them telepathically. When I moved in here a few months ago, for example, they were used to hunting and they've always been indoor outdoor cats. So it was hard to get them from a place where they were hunting all day, every day. And sometimes it was super gruesome and just terrible, the bodies that they would bring back. And, you know, often that was like, not that I don't feed them, but they would act like they're starving. You know, they enjoyed eating, you know, that was like chicken to them, basically. So it was hard to go from that type of an atmosphere to where we are now, where there aren't animals everywhere. We're not, we're not out. That was on an island and it was very much like a country atmosphere. And this is more city. 
So I have this sort of urban issue where there are squirrels and I can't have them murdering these squirrels in front of everybody and there are children everywhere outside. And I was like this, you know, they're going to have to adapt to this. And I want for less of that toxicity here (laughs) at this new house. So I spent weeks talking to them every day telepathically about how to treat the squirrel, how to watch the squirrel, how to appreciate the squirrel, how to interact if they want to nicely with the squirrel. And I thought this is probably the toughest interaction I've ever had with an animal because I'm asking for a lot. I want to say it took about a month and a half And I now have Jesus, the big orange one, in a place where he has made friends with the squirrel in the tree on the lawn, and he will chase it, and it will chase him, and they won't hurt each other. And we have not had one hunting accident since we got here. Yeah, things like that, telepathy. What about you guys? I don't currently have uh, animals. I don't have pets, but two of my cats that I had three cats growing up. And I think it just might be a Leo thing. Like we think we're part cat anyway. So I had to have three cats. (laughs) So two of my cats, Shayla and Mavi, were the cats that I had as teenager. As a teenager, Um, Silky was our very first cat when I had when I was eight years old. And Shayla sometimes comes through to me when I am nervous about something or if I am, because it's interesting when I would train with Ivy in terms of ego, the way that ego showed up for me was fear. And so I would, <laughs> every week I'd be like, Ivy, I'm kind of nervous. I'm kind of afraid. Like, what if I say the wrong thing? She's like, that is ego. Stop it. And she's just like, we, 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 we can't have that. And so, and I appreciate that. And so now at moments when I'm feeling nervous about something, what my cat Shayla used to do, she was this great, beautiful little thing. And the thing she would chase this Dalmatian down the street, like there, this Dalmatian was like 200 pounds and Shayla was like maybe 12 pounds soaking wet. And all of a sudden, every so often we would see the Dal- the next door neighbor's Dalmatian galloping down the street. And we we're just like, oh God, Shayla's chasing it. And like, the cat, the dog actually ran. So there are moments when I will see Shayla, like she will give a vision of me chasing the Dalmatian, like, remember your power. Like, it doesn't matter how intimidated you might feel about something, just go for it. Like I did, <laughs> like she's reminding me, remember, like I did it. So those are moments that she um, comes to me. And also my cat, Mavi. Mavi, God bless her little heart. She's a beautiful little black cat, but she, didn't know her own power. Like she was, her little paws had the, she had the biggest little paws and she didn't understand the fact that, so Shayla, Shayla just, um, in terms of astrology, I think that Shayla was probably an Aries or Leo and like Mavi may have been a cancer. No, no, cause she would have kicked her butt if she's a cancer. She, uh, I don't know. She was, I don't know. But maybe a Pisces, I'm not sure. But Shayla just, or Mavi didn't know the extent of her own power. And if Mavi realized how big she was, she could have kicked Shayla's behind. But every time Shayla would walk by and like fluff her tail, Mavi would go running and hiding. So every so often, Mavi will show me her little paws. Like she'll show me her, she had these big paws. And every so often she would get enough of Shayla and smack her. And Shayla would go sit down somewhere in a corner and mind her business. But every so often, like they, I, just, I see the paws. And so they come through sometimes. 
I love it. Symbol, symbolism, intimate symbolism. That's so cute. Uh, Reverend Paul, did we want to call another number or two before we move on to you and Christina? So the next number is 15. 15, 15, Like I said, this is the first time we ever played church bingo online. We don't know. So we'll figure out who won and what's happening here. So you guys just keep playing. And if you think you got it, shout out bingo. And we'll take care of the details later. And we'll message you guys with your prize. You want to call out one more and then Christina or Paul or Christina, whoever wants to answer this next. Congratulations, Andrea. Uh, oh, yes. Andrea won, wins the 15-minute reading with Ivy. Okay. Very exciting. We'll talk to you soon then. How about Christina? You want to answer this question? And then we are at about the end of the night here. So Yeah, I always have a couple of dogs in the house. But it's funny. Reverend Danny gave me a reading. It was yesterday, right? And... She had said something in my chart about being the mom energy, you know, and I have a lot of cancer in my chart and that's really how I operate my life, you know, very intuitively. I have that mom, that motherly intuition and that is how I interact with the dogs and I always just know what's going on with them intuitively. I never even really thought about that question until it was posted, but yeah, I guess I do communicate with them, but it's like, it's almost just like. It's just like without even thought, you know, but yeah, like, it's so funny. Like everybody should get a reading with Reverend Danny because it was very clarifying. You know, it was, it was like the universe was like, yeah, you're on the right path. This is what was meant for you. But yeah, that did come up and you know, and that's just how I operate my life. So, you know, even in my job, I know what people are thinking. I know what their needs are immediately, you know, without thought. So it's very intuitive for me. Reverend Christina's, her expression number is six. She's like the cosmic mother, cosmic parent. Like and the two and six are like the love, the most loving numbers in numerology. And that just makes so much sense that her expression number is, is six. And she's magic. Like when I saw her chart, I was like, oh yeah, she's magic <laughs> all the way. That's so cool. And the way to Christina was just saying, you don't even think about communicating with your animals. It just comes naturally. I think we were all like that when we were kids. I think we all felt that well, like animals were our best friends. They were like, there was a complete and total understanding and getting back into psychic mediumship work and stuff like this, you know, working with your intuition, it brings that connection back in a lot of ways, healing work also energy work, you know? All right. Reverend Paul, did you want to answer this one or do you want to skip it? Cause you've already got your hands full. <laughs> well, no, I will answer it. Uh, so I always grew up with cats and didn't really feel like I spoke with them or, or I, I don't think I tried to as much like telepathically. I know I would just speak it. And I think that they probably understood me more than I understood them. Whereas they're like flash forward to nowadays and you know, I, I learned from Ivy, you know, yeah, communicate with the cats telepathically, but it's, it's funny because I, I want to speak more about Ivy communicating with the cats than, than me, uh, when, you know, the way she can communicate with Esmeralda, it's like, it's amazing. Like I've seen, I've witnessed it like firsthand that trying to get the cat into the cat carry has not happened. And then, um, you know, she's like, upstairs, put the cat carry down. I <laughs> think just be ready and then like five minutes later the cat comes in like never comes in and then it's just like all right pick me up and put me in and they had this whole thing and it's amazing to watch <laughs> their connection i i can't believe it but but as far as readings go uh pet readings i think 
they don't well, i don't get to do them as often but they're very fun uh pets are hysterical uh and you know much like when we just talked about kind of skipping over a message in a reading you know if a cat comes through with a message they may not take it <laughs> as much as you know grandpa but a lot of the times they were a lot closer to the person than that person ever realized that their connection was you know something supremely strong and this cat coming through with the message is gonna they're like why would the cat give me the message to like uh, you know dump my boyfriend <laughs> it's like well why not you know and they, they come through they're they're so strong they're so funny and they just have a completely different perspective that it, it makes me see my cats in a different light uh you know i'm like what are they thinking what, what would they tell me if if they could so uh, i try to communicate telepathically but most of the time it's just me talking out loud and, and listening yeah we forget that animals are the healer the healing entities you know that we've got like angels i always say it's a triad right we've got angels and then we have empaths and animals and we work together so absolutely like animals come through all the time with healing messages that's what they do best and uh you know animals will there's even like a per machine that amazed me for like nfl players that use it or i don't know sports players a lot it's like a cat's purr how it heals the body and, and when you're sick you know your animal will sit on the part of you that needs that healing and they'll sometimes absorb what you have and then excrete it it's just phenomenal all right that was a great question i know we are at time so we do need to wrap it up uh reverend paul did we want to call another number are we wrapping up bingo at this point or where are we with that wrapping it up all right. So thank you again, everybody, for one year. This is our one-year anniversary for Roots Revival Interfaith, where we believe in a combination of intuitive intelligence, astrology, and numerology to keep you on your true life's path, heal yourself, and ultimately be able to go out there and heal others. We are so blessed with the success of this church. It's been a long time coming. I want to say between you know 12 and 15 years, and to finally have it um, up and running has just been an incredible experience and we just love you guys please stay in touch here do like and subscribe and we will see you guys back here next sunday we are on winter hours right now so we have a sunday service 8 p.m eastern on tiktok and youtube also if you like to listen uh, on the go you can go back and listen to old sermons anywhere that you can download a podcast and if you like to watch here on youtube at ask ivy go up in the playlist under roots revival interfaith closing words you guys it has been such a blessing to see our Roots revival to see our services and to see our church like evolve the way that it has like going from mission and our um pastor ivy your vision for roots revival and us thinking about and brainstorming about it and seeing how spirit and everyone who's joined us how it's like literally life has been breathed into it and i'm so grateful for all the ways that i've been healed as a result of our sermons as well um it is i mean I've heard it said that we are co-creators with God and like we literally have been co-creators with God and I'm really grateful for your vision. So, and thank you for the chance to be a part of this journey, Pastor Ivy. I'm really grateful to be here with all of you. So blessed to have you, Danny. Yeah. Um, I think that each week when, even when I sit down to write, you know, from spirit, it, it heals me as I write it. And then it heals me even more as I say it. And for me to be able to just to pass that message on, it's a true honor. And to work with, you know, three other amazing people 
Um, it just hires my vibration and it helps me through the week, you know, get through the week. So I thank you all for that and for everybody that attends as well and interacts. I feel that too. Thank you, Christina. Yeah. And I got, although I'm not on every week, it's like, I'm always here. And so just to be able to be a part of it and uh, listen to these three brilliant women speak every week is like, you know, enlightening and, uh, you know, gives me a huge perspective on everything, you know, like even, you know, I know the topic going in and it's like, here's my thoughts, but then, you know, hearing everybody go through and just say, wow, that's, holy cow, that's, that's awesome. And seeing how everybody works well together and plays off of each other and, and just that there's such this commonality that we, you know, and different approaches to it, but it's watching the interplay and hearing the interplay is so great. Uh, it's been an awesome year. Uh, it's, I remember when Ivy's like, all right, we're doing it. And uh, we did it, and we <laughs> the first one, and it was like, this is this is cool, this is something. And and as Ivy mentioned earlier too, like seeing it do so well on TikTok is, um, you know, really awesome to see a different audience. And uh, going through the comments and seeing what and how it's affecting people is really is really something. So thank you everybody for an awesome year. Thank you, Ivy, Danny, Christina. Thank you so much. Uh, it's been awesome. I look forward to a million more years. Yay. Yay. Thank you, Paul. Yeah. And when you don't see Reverend Paul, it's because he's in the comment feed and handling all the, all the tech. And uh, we do plan to open the doors soon. Uh, quite a few of you have been asking about coming for church services. And um, as I feel we are getting COVID under wraps more, we will be opening the doors soon. So for anyone who's local, uh, you may also want to come and join us for that. All right. It was so fun to get to interact with you guys a little bit more this week. And um, I love you, all three of you. Thanks again so much. Thank you, Spirit. Everybody have a great week.